What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. This is a podcast about sports cards and collecting. Thank you all for being here. Hopefully you're all enjoying yourselves this week. You're getting lost in those safe searches. You're winning auctions and taking souls. And when I mean winning auctions, you're looking at like a $50 card, but it is a card you need because it connects back to another card in your collection. So you're like max bidding that thing $375 because you know no one's going to even come close to that. But you can't not think about not having that card in your PC. Hopefully you're busy doing that. Hopefully you are thinking about your next angle, your next move. How are you going to keep elevating your collection? Whether that's sending a bunch of cards that you have to a consigner so you can get that quick cash, build that stockpile of that card that seemed so unattainable just months ago, but now you're starting to understand the process of how you can make moves in order to get the cards you need to make that PC shine. Hopefully you're doing stuff like that. And most importantly, communicating with other people in the hobby about your passion because that is what it's all about. This show is ready to roll. I'm sitting here and I am just, my mind is going and going mostly because I've just been consuming NFL playoff football. And I'll say this right out of the gates. I know you all know I'm a big football guy and I would prioritize football probably over every, well, not probably, I would prioritize football over everything else. I'll just say like, there's nothing more exciting than one and done, everything on the line, playoff football. Even as my team was so putrid and terrible and couldn't sniff it, I'm sitting here rejuvenated. And so I'm recording this halftime Bills-Dolphins game. And last night, just sitting here, I'm a Brock Purdy guy, okay? I'm a Brock Purdy guy. This kid is unbelievable. One of the best stories, if not best stories of the year. It's awesome. This kid is just like put in the perfect scenario as Mr. Irrelevant. Just puppet master Shanahan. He's got just a loaded offensive roster, weapons galore. And he just does it. He's cool, calm, collected. I'm impressed by this kid. And why I'm waving the Brock Purdy flag is I like to do a little gambling, okay? A little bit. Everything's okay in moderation. And I hit my Purdy parlay. It was a just a, a four-legged journey of that game. And I smashed it um, actually with time remaining. I did a little uh, tease down on Geno Smith yards to 200. He got 250 yards. I did the the one and a half over on Brock Purdy touchdowns, he got three. Had the uh, Niners covering, and I had DK Metcalf catching a touchdown. He caught two. So it was a nice day of uh, winning, um, doing some degenerate gambling, layering that on top of the the, the experience. And um, you know what I'm going to do with that money, everybody? I'm going to buy cards. And that's what rolls. So I wouldn't, uh, this is not a gambling podcast, nor am I advocating for gambling. But sometimes you throw a little $50 sprinkle out in there and, you know, you might see a result and you can put that into uh, the next card. I love sports. I love a little gambling. And man, I'm just glad I'm not a, uh, a, a Justin Herbert collector in this hobby. 
because it's hard out there. That was tough. And I've never really seen anything like it, like in the playoffs. Sure, I experienced that as a Colts fan against the Vikings this year, but that was an absolute just meltdown by the Chargers. Uh, Unfortunate. Sorry out there if you're a Chargers fan. And trust me, the Jaguars came out on the other side. Um, and you know, that's tough enough for me, um, as a fan, but it was just an unreal game. And I love the drama of the NFL season. Um, so I'm enjoying that. I feel revitalized as a Colts fan because, and you know, this out there, if you are a a fan of a team that's didn't even sniff the playoffs and season has been over with for a while is that you're, you've, you, the season concludes and you enter this mode of just, all right, what are we doing? So I've been consumed by content consumed by the press conferences, consumed by the media, the articles, the podcasts, the coaches coming in, the coaches leaving, thinking about the draft. And so there's a lot of meat on that bone. So you you pair that with the playoffs. And even if your team's not in the playoffs, you're, you're having a good time. So hopefully we have a awesome NFL playoffs just started and it feels like it's going to be damn good. Seems like there was a lot of activity out there from the Dallas Card Show. That's fun. That's exciting. It's good to see shows like that being publicized on the many computers that we have in our pockets. Seemed like every time I got a chance to look at the phone during the day, there's people posting from that show. And that's such a great show. And I'll just say it, if you haven't been there, I highly recommend um, giving it a whirl. Um, just seems like it's a good uh central point. A lot of people in the hobby go, so you get the opportunity to network and meet some friends. A lot of people set up there. You're seeing a lot of really good cards. Just seems like the drumbeat of that show continues to march forward. So I would like to, at some point, get back to there. Not too bad of a trip from Indianapolis, but um, awesome to see that one. Hopefully you all enjoyed the episode with uh, Ryan, president of PSA, a little bit of behind the scenes look at what they're doing, uh, uh, what they're working on, just how he's thinking about his new role. This show won't be all about having, um, you know, industry leaders and voices on this show all the time. But I do think there's opportunities where I can do a better job of bringing some of those voices in like Ryan and let you know and understand the people behind the operation I think that's really important. And really when I'm, you know, communicating with um, people about this show and getting on the show, first and foremost, I always, my biggest qualifier is, okay, whoever's coming on this show, we've, we've got to talk about their collection, collecting and being a collector is a qualifier. Like there's not a spot on the show for anybody to come on and talk if they're not collecting sports cards. And uh, definitely Ryan is, and it's been fun. It was fun to get to know him and just what he collects. So hopefully you enjoyed that episode. I've been talking a lot about set collecting. Um, I've been uh, just in the mix with this WWE Panini 1 out of 10 set I'm building. Having a freaking blast. It, it really feels like I'm doing something like I'm on a chase. I'm on a journey. I'm on a hunt. So there's, like I mentioned, there's so many different ways to set collect in some different styles and types. Find one. Like to me, no matter what, like going down that rabbit hole is a rabbit hole that I'm really glad I did. And I think tying a bow on some of these projects or things I'm thinking about motivates me more 
as a collector in this hobby in 2023 and as it was a goal that I set. So I want to talk a lot about set collectors and get their mentality. And I want to bring a a really um, good one on this week. So Jason Ginter Gold Fever, you might know him on Instagram. He's coming on, talk about set building and talk to talk a little bit about just like the collector behind the set build. And he is a big 2006 Topps Allen and Ginter fan. It's his favorite set of all time. His page is dedicated to it. He's, uh, so I wanted to talk to him. I want to explore his mentality in that process. And I'm sure there's something that we can all learn from a collector like Jason. So pumped about that one. I'm going to talk a little bit about today, the the golden triangle of collecting. And I put this on my um, Instagram this weekend. And I want to, I just want to get it aired out a little bit because I think it's important that we think about ourselves and taking a step back and trying to learn like when we're collecting sports cards and it's making us really happy, like what things are true regularly, like what are the constants that when you wake up, you're thinking about cards in your collection and like, what are the things that are happening? And so like, I was thinking about that personally. I was doing, I was like a little bit of a introspective journey I was on. And I often get in these journeys and I think way too much about cards, but um, I think it's important to, um, and I'm going to, we're going to close this episode out with the question that will continue to be a question that I am exploring this year. And it's why do we collect? And so there's a lot of different angles that we can talk about that from, but um, you call the conclusion of this episode, maybe just like uh, a a chapter or an installment in that. So that's how we're going to close it out. But back to the golden triangle of collecting. So thinking about that for me, here are the three things. So number one, it satisfies an area that I'm deeply passionate about. Um, And I think it's a really good idea to, as a collector, dip your toes in different areas within the hobby that you might be interested in. Um, and you realize this, this is what I re- I've realized from my personal experience. If you're trying something new and you try it out for a couple weeks and by that third week, you're like not feeling it, like it's okay to liquidate. It's okay to be like, okay, that set, that product, that sport it's not for me. Like I, I care way too much about this player PC I'm collecting. I care way too much about this other set I'm building. I'm way, most of my energy and passion is dedicated to this sport. So I think we as collectors should always be exploring new paths because sometimes the, 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 the flip side of that is sometimes that will take you into a whole nother direction that becomes a primary part of what you do on a day-to-day basis. And you would never have gotten there if you didn't go, you know, dip your toe in. But back to the golden triangle, satisfies an area that I'm deeply passionate about. So when the main focus of your collecting isn't trying to make an immediate buck or a quick flip, like when that isn't your immediate focus, that's a big revelation and a breakthrough. So when you're not again, like the show's about collecting sports cards, not flipping sports cards. And flipping sports cards has a a place in this hobby, certainly. And there's so many smart people who are passionate about that, who talk about that regularly. But for me, I realized that wasn't me. And that was a big revelation. So, okay, wait a minute. So I can go out and even if like the market or no one else likes these cards, but I like these cards, that's okay to focus in that direction. Like that's a breakthrough. 
So the fact that you can buy the cards though, and they might grow in value if you keep them over time, to me, is just like an added bonus. Like we all want the value to, of our cards to go up, but immediately like the moves and the intention and the things I'm buying, it that's I'm not that's like not the primary reason. The primary reason is because it is a a broader it is a piece of the broader collection that I'm building. You know, for me, it's my collection. It involves almost exclusively around wrestling and football areas I'm deeply passionate about. When I'm buying these cards, you know, whether it's 50 bucks, whether it's 100, 500, 1,000, 2,000, whatever the price of it is, I'm playing to an audience of one with my collecting. It's about entertaining myself and being something that makes me happy. Okay. And I think it's the only time I really think is a good time to be selfish in anything. Um, and especially in this hobby is when you're buying cards, like you should not be buying cards because someone else likes them or you think they, even you don't have a connection, you think the value of that card is going to go up if you don't care about it. So that's a big one for me. So number two presents an opportunity to evolve into a broader collecting project. I think the power of intention when we're buying cards is super powerful. The more I focused in and found intention in my buys, the happier I am. I think it's getting to the point if something doesn't connect back to the broader story that I'm telling with my collection, it is likely going to go. So constant evaluation for me on what is in my collection and uh, move if something doesn't, and it's always evolving, if something doesn't connect back to this broader picture uh, or doesn't have another connection point, the likelihood of it being put in one of the other uh, lanes in my collection and that's the like kind of like the liquidation lane whenever i'm getting a, a box over to a consigner i kind of put one of those cards there and it's okay because you know i enjoyed that card for a certain period but you know what it's time to move on um so i think that's what i'm constantly evaluating and uh you know i i, I try to highlight some of this stuff through like the quad pictures and the collecting projects that i've been po i'm posting on instagram i've been doing a lot of these like quad pictures um, because I want to, I want to show people like, this is why I bought this card and this is why it's significant to me. Um, and nothing satisfies me than having like consistency and that stuff happening. And I can document it for me. I'm really getting involved in this Manning and luck story for me as a fan and how it ties back to my broader collection, like Manning and luck. If I'm a talking player PC have the most significant real estate in my collection and those years that they crossed over and I had to go through that transition as a fan is really like, I'm, it's one of the most compelling times for me in retrospect. And so I want to make that a part of my collection. And so I'm getting very involved in that. I'm building this Panini one set. I'm chasing gold prisms of WWE champions. The initial revolution for me was buy cards that I like. Then it was go build player PC. And then like the next turn of that to me is like, really buy because of the the products and the sets like the more and more i get into this thing the more and more the actual appearance look feel product its connection back to something else matters think long lasting value and like if you look at cards um like i, I these parallels are always what stick in my mind so I, I use them a lot but just like with rubies and with pmgs everybody is so infatuated with these cards because of the scarcity and because of the appearance and the period of time for which they came out 
and how they seem so unattainable when we were kids ripping packs, which they were. Um, we all have nostalgia for all of those players and the, all of those sets. So like all of those cards, if you look at the value of them, especially on the basketball side, like you're, they're, you know, Ronnie Cycley. So, you know, guys like, you know, D-list NBA guys that we remember as kids, like those command value. And so that's because a lot of people are out there collecting and trying to buy these cards. Yes, some of this narrative storytelling has happened over time, but at the brass tacks, you can't look at, you can't be a collector and look at these cards and say they don't look cool. So I think that determines value and that's what's fun. It's like you can go, you have a lot of different players with inside of a set that you like. It looks cool. That's to me when you can really have fun because you don't feel so isolated to just collect one player. You can collect several. You know, I think we talked a little bit with Ryan about the PSA set registry. I think that's why that's a super popular feature that they offer. The last one for me is it's in a lane where it feels like I'm first or very few are exploring. I think it's really hard to look into the future and predict value. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's probably next to impossible. I think if it looks cool and it hits certain attributes for me as a collector, then that's something I want to go dig into and explore. I think there was a period where I would ignore certain stuff because it didn't hit a certain price threshold. And that's like really stupid. I think it's really satisfying to me to pick off cards that you love that no one else is is doing or no one else is really involved in. And for me, when I started digging into the shiny wrestling card stuff, the 2014 Topps Chrome stuff, like I was like, man, I'm a shiny card collector in football. These are the type of wrestling cards I like. Doesn't feel like there's many people buying these now. I don't really care because these cards look cool to me and they're significant to me. And so that for me was an example of getting out in front of something that very few people I felt at the time weren't in. And so I was able to get these cards at very affordable rates. And then later on, people started to get interested. And that's just how it goes. So I think that to me is is super important. So Hitting those three one more time satisfies an area I'm deeply passionate about, presents an opportunity to evolve into a broader collecting project, and is in a lane where it feels like I'm first or very few are exploring. That, to me, is the golden triangle of collecting. I forgot to mention, today's show is sponsored by, unofficially sponsored by, uh, Wrigley's Extra Long-Lasting Flavor Polar Ice Sugar-Free Gum. Um, we are going with the polar ice flavor today, which is, um, my favorite. Uh, there are a lot of different ones out there that you can explore. Um, polar ice wasn't a part of the initial batch when we were growing up as kids, it wasn't available. Um, but then the teal explosion came onto the scene. Um, I would say maybe a decade, maybe 15 years ago, something like that. That's making me feel old. But now this is all I buy. Um, and so if you're out there looking for a chewing gum that is going to make you happy and make you feel alive um, during your work day, just going for a walk, uh, listening to some tunes, um, or just trying to freshen your breath, check out Wrigley's Extra Long-Lasting Flavor Polar Ice um, Sugar-Free Gum. It is just a, a phenomenal chew. All right, now let's get back to the show. And in the show with 
this question we continue to talk about, I continue to bring up, and that is why do we collect? I'm just curious. Why do you collect? You heard the question. You're out there right now. Why do you collect? Take a second to consider that. Think about that personally. I think the more we can be introspective, the better off we will be and the more fun we're going to have in the hobby. So this is a question I've been asking many of you out there and exploring personally over the last six months. And I've collected my entire life. I would say I'm a collector of collections and I had never really asked myself this question before. So um, of course I collect sports cards, but it's been action figures, it's been memorabilia, it's been records, and this is ongoing. So it's constantly buying things because it makes me feel something and I'm really happy. So there's something extremely um, comforting about ownership of assets that we connect back to or show uh, some sort of representation of our previous life. That's what I can tell you right now. I think one thing I am as a quality, if you haven't been able to tell, is like really curious. I like to try to explore specific topics and find reason for things human beings do. And I'm a marketer and curiosity has allowed me to have a lot of fun in my career. I wake up every day and generally, genuinely enjoy what I do. And I think the psychology of collecting is something that really, really interests me. And if we can continue to try to answer questions around why we collect, I think it will help us produce stories. And these stories will help inspire others. And I believe this will help us grow and sustain the hobby. Not about transactional tactics, short-term mentality, the flavor of the week, your content, mainstream content, all that stuff. All the stuff that's happening around you as you're trying to collect it and navigate, all that stuff that you don't like about like and that gets in your way, like that's not going to inspire others to help grow and sustain the hobby. What will will be stories. And so why we're exploring this topic is because we need stories to bring people in and keep people. So I'm very curious. This is a long time thread, long-term thread that will be woven throughout the Stacking Slabs podcast because I think it's really important to talk about, not just in an episode, not just once, not just twice, but to talk about it all the time. So I dug up an article that I had read months ago and I was like, I remember reading this. This was really good. Shirley Mueller, MD, she had an article collecting an urge that's hard to resist today in Psychology Today. Psychology Today, if you're not familiar already, is a really great online resource. Also, too, if you are out there and you need someone to talk to, you are uh, in need of a new therapist, um, you just need someone to listen, Psychology Today is a really good resource. Really good resource, great way to find people in your area. So just wanted to recommend that. But anyways, this article comes from that. One of the things that I learned that she wrote here is 33 to 40% of American population collects something, which seems absolutely insane to me. While it might feel at times like you are a small percentage and even collecting sports cards an even smaller percentage, it's kind of normal. Like most people are collecting something, which is interesting. I think she seeks to find what motivates her, this behavior and her work. So one of the things that she says is rarity of a piece can not only make it valuable, but it can stimulate certain parts of the brain that registers uniqueness. And she talks about this oddball experiment where put a bunch of normal objects in front of human beings. And then the last one is extraordinary 
Um, so you're seeing a line of things move, move, and then the last one's different. And parts of the brain lights up to, and connects back to our pleasure center when we see something different. And I think going down the list of things that she talked about for why collecting takes place and why we do these things is the pride of ownership. So I think you just pull up Instagram and it is a group of people deeply passionate about owning specific cars and we're going to post them and we're going to share our thoughts. And I think that's on full display. I think the sense of history. So we, I talked about the Manning and Luck. That's in a significant time in my life. I can talk about it and portray it in the collection I'm building. People collect in all different eras. And I think history plays a huge role in that. The intellectual satisfaction. Undeniably, if you continue to dig in and go deeper, you're going to get stimulated. And the more as ambitious, hungry people who want to learn, the more we're digging into that, it's going to provide us some intellectual satisfaction. So that's a reason why we collect. Um, treasures enhance our networks of friends. So you are listening to this right now and you can immediately think of a group of friends or people you talk to every day just because they collect the same cardboard or the same type of cardboard as you. That's really cool. The more we dig in, the more we are going to be able to build relationships, build friendships and make deals happen. So arranging and rearranging, it's the display of these cards. We love to do this. We love to put everything out. And I actually heard Chris McGill talk about this on the crossover, but one of his things he does is put all of his cards out. Like if they were put it in a showcase, leaves the room, walks into the room and looks at his cards. And it's like, he would see his cards at the show and what sort of reaction he gets. I haven't done that yet, but that seems like a pretty damn cool thing to do. Um, so that's something we do as collectors, rearrange and range, see what connects, how it looks I mean, you've got anticipation, which is so damn powerful, but anticipation of the mail day, anticipation of the chase, all this shit. It's why we do this. It's so fun. So I'm going to be digging in, trying to learn a little bit more from psychologists, share what I'm learning. Uh, Other people who are deeply studying collecting, that's going to be a theme. So hopefully you enjoy it. I want to close this episode out by asking the Instagram community, what part of collecting makes you happy? It's going to read some of these responses. Cards and Sneaks, Finding That Card, Mike the Beast, Ben Tinson, When You Hold a Grail for the Very First Time, Jason, Ginter Gold Fever, When the Hard Work Pays Off, This Community, Chefwood Football Set Collector, Finishing a Set, all right, we got some set people out there, Alex Sardine, 321, Finding a Ticket or Pass, So Historical, But No One Noticed But Me. Lakeside Collect, spending time with kids and seeing their joy on mail day. Charm City Tim, the chase, landing a rare card of a player you collect is a great feeling. Mickey 8 Cardboard Shine, recognizing something no one else does, having it pay off shortly after. Mulligan Cards, how it reduces my anxiety or stress if I'm feeling overwhelmed better than any medication. I love that call out and couldn't agree more. WWE Gelman, finishing a rainbow, no better feeling in the world. Cards and cardio, connecting with like-minded people and nostalgia surround, surrounding my youth. Out-of-step out, out trading, meeting people that love cards more than money. Amen. 41K Gold, The Hunt, Sat King Cards, engaging with the teams and players I root for. Benor 14 Sports Cards, The Chase, nothing like a card popping for the first time after six plus months. Sports Cards 0711, Connecting with Other Collectors, Drake's PC, 
the hunt for certain card or cards, indie card party, opening a PSA submission box, not knowing what the grades are, Chicago Bears cards when you secure a grail, Iowa Dave listening to card-related podcasts on my long daily commute. We do appreciate that. Colorado Collector, the smell of a pack of 90s glossy upper deck, LOL. That's funny. Midwest Vintage Cards, The Friendships, Xanu 23 Sports Cards, Creating Virtual Showcase of My Cards, Card Ladder Slash Flicker, Number 2, The Hunt, Wrestling Card Wizard, Sharing Conversations with Collectors, 740 Smith Cards, Connection to the People, the Sport, Athlete, the Team, Past, and the Present. This episode feel felt really freaking good. Thank you, everyone who sent in a response to that. Thank you for making Stacking Slabs your hobby content alternative. I hope you all have a really, really good week. Excited to share conversation with you coming at you this Friday with my man, Jason Ginner Gold Fever. Take care. Talk to you soon.